You should be a monster, an absolute monster, and then you should learn how to control it. There's an intensity to what we're trying to accomplish, and um, you know, if you want to be truly great, you've got to bring it every day. Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt. You blitz all night! Standing out is a long-term strategy that takes guts and produces results. If you care enough about your work to be willing to be criticized for it, then you have done a good day's work. So here we are again. Good morning, or good day. Or whenever you're listening, hello. Uh, I think this time around, we're going to be talking about our experiences with fighting. Why we fight? Yes. And I, I feel like- What uh, kind of fighting we're doing? In Starship Troopers, the, I think he's the sergeant or maybe lieutenant, he says, I only have two rules. Everybody fights, nobody gives up. And I was like, oh. So we've kind of adopted those two rules. We have other rules in our family too, for our six-year-old and the two-year-old. But you can imagine the six-year-old and the two-year-old standing in attention. And then I'm going back and forth, up and down our short little line, because there's only two of them, <laughs> telling them that we only have two rules. Everybody fights. Nobody gives up. And in the meantime, he goes to his office to start writing, and then the kids are fighting each other and <laughs> trying to make peace in the house. <laughs> but those are not the only rules we have, but I think two of the rules. Well, I think that there's uh, a purpose for the fighting. So we're not talking fighting like Jonathan and I, mom and dad fighting necessarily. We're talking uh, physical combat. And uh, yeah, that's a real thing. I think a lot of people would be a little bit surprised to hear it, but um, it, yeah, so I've been doing uh, karate for about almost two years, about a year and a half. Our daughter has been doing karate for almost two years, and um, Jonathan has a history of doing various martial arts as well, and I'll let you expand on that. Some would say history of violence. I would say history of violence. <laughs> I am the sum. No, that's a movie. I know it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some would say, I'm saying, I'm saying, yes. It was Vigo Mortensen. I wonder what he's doing. I wonder if he'd be in one of our TV shows. Not yet. One day. Maybe. One day. Mm -hmm. The worst he could say is no. So Vigo, if you're listening, you'd like to be in a space western. Or an urban fantasy. We have some things in the works. Or whatever you want. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever you want. I'll write a script with whatever you want, yeah. Let's be honest, whatever you want. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I guess my history goes back to way back in the day before Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was called BJJ and everybody it seems was taking it and talking about BJJ. Way back in the day, I was doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I did it for a few years in between when I was 15 to 17. It's like two to three years in that period. Uh, so that would have been a long time ago. Yeah, nobody cared about the year. Yeah, a long time ago when I was like 15, 16, 17. So I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and then after that, did like a tiny, a little bit of like boxing, got knocked out, then did like a little bit, like I took uh, like one or two karate classes when I was even younger than that, younger than 15. Um, and I think that's it as far as organized uh, combat. Is Fight Club considered organized or is that unorganized? Well, when I was in college, we had a fight club in college where we would meet at night on the field and there was a chain link fence, like a corner of a chain link Wait, fence. Wait, is this your real story? Yes. Corner of a chain link fence. So we'd kind of had like, you know, a corner to fight in. And the only rules that we had was no uh, hits to the face. So no hits to the face, but pretty much like ground and pound, body shots, kicks, all that kind of stuff went. 
So that was in college. That was unorganized, but it was fun. I think it's good for guys to get out some aggression. I feel like a lot of people might not realize what they're dealing with as far as for me personally. Uh, but being a guy, I feel like I've had a lot of get up and go, a lot of energy. And now I realize that's a good thing if it's channeled into appropriate and correct courses. Mm -hmm. So now I understand so much more now. So when my son, who's two, as he grows up, like all that aggression and all that, you know, get up and go and that drive. And as he gets older, when he gets all older, the testosterone, all that stuff is great. We're going to channel it and put it into things that he's interested in and that will be good for him, like uh, martial arts. So I think one of the rules that we're going to have in our family is that uh, it doesn't matter what martial arts you do, whether it's karate or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or even like boxing and stuff like that, as long as you're doing something. Because it's, again, it's only, it's only going to benefit you. It's exercise. It's a discipline. It's teaching you uh, self-control, learn about your body, learn how to defend yourself. Like mm -hmm. so many benefits. Uh, goodness, there's so many things of chunk and notepad to unpack there. So um, you're doing boxing now. So you, you yes, that was my past. What I did do, and then Jennifer and Josephine started taking karate lessons, right. and then they kind of inspired me. Like, hey, it's time for me to get back into taking some sort of uh, martial arts or combat training. So I've been doing boxing now for just over a year. Uh, I started initially because I played a role in our TV show Infinity System, so I wanted to uh, you know tighten up lose the love handles, lose the muffin top, if you would, and uh, get down maybe like another 10 pounds. So initially I did that, and I've just stuck with it over the last year. And for sure, I would at least want to do it, I think, for two full years. I think two years of being committed and showing up every week will give me a solid foundation of boxing. And then from there, maybe I continue boxing. Maybe from there I try a different martial arts. Yes. Um, the other thing is just talking about um, there is – an innate, I don't want to call it a spirit, but a drive within humans to be physical. Um, and what that physicality comes out as, we could either continue to encourage it into a healthy channel because it is part of you know who we are, or I've seen that by lifestyle choices, uh, but I mean like sitting down, um, not having like a testosterone-friendly diet or um, that kind of stuff that suppresses them. and I think that's kind of might create some conflict in people either like the lashing out or um, you know like depression and other things because there's like a sort of like a struggle internally and I know some people might be like oh that's very woo woo but I mean physiologically if you look at the hormones and you look at nerves and you just look at the physical aspects of our internal workings like that is something that is very real um, and scientists and researchers and specialists are finding out more and more about that so um, and so rather than trying to squash it but encourage it or nurture it in a healthy way um is is a good is a really good thing and i think it benefits people and if we as we begin to look at many ceos successful people entrepreneurs we took a look at their daily routines we took a look at their lifestyles to see like what are some of the things that they have in common and i think like tim Timothy Ferris on his podcast, he is a tribe of mentors. That's his book. This is his book. But even in his podcast, he was talking about some of those similar subjects. And we kept seeing that many of them have a very physical aspect to their life. 
and uh, whether it was some sort of um, grappling, fighting, some of the acrobatic yoga um, where they're interacting with another person and they have to stretch themselves and push themselves in different ways. I think what a lot of people don't remember is that, you know, as a child's brain is developing and growing and they're learning their cognitive skill sets, they're also it's mirroring with the way that they're growing and developing physically. So it's uh, so like crawling is so important because it's crossing the different parts of the brain um, as you cross the different parts of your body. And um, we have a friend who found out later in life that she um, has some levels of dyslexia. And so one of the things that helped her to work, not through it, but kind of help exercise the parts of her brain was crawling. So we had signed up for Krav Maga classes just for like a month maybe, but we were not in the place to be able to use or commit to the time. It, we Maybe also we didn't see the total benefits of it. And also I think we were different people maybe at that time because as you progress year after year and you change, maybe we didn't realize like how good it would be for us. Yeah, I think we had like a base understanding and interest, but that particular class, I don't think we did a ton of research too on where we went. One of our first times here I am like newly married and getting punched by and kicked by my need by my husband who has martial arts experience. No, they were at they, pads. Yeah, no, no, we're not like pads. She's making it she's making it Sorry. sound like we're in the not, octagon not like and we're physically like hitting going me, after like each other. Pads, and I had zero experience. So it was like a lot to process. We were holding pads. I and I would hold the pad for beating. her. She wasn't just beating and me. And then she would hold the pad for me. Yeah. And hit the pad. But they did I remember they didn't really show me like how to how to punch. It's such a huge contrast now when I think about uh what I've now learned and how detailed they are in the teaching process and not just jump in and do it. It's like jump in and we're going to uh, show you each step of the way so you can have good technique to do it well, to do it effectively and to do it safely. Um, I think that's a huge difference. So what was your experience with martial arts before? None, zero. None. Oh, so all you had was that one crop or one yeah. or two Krav Maga classes and then yeah. probably well, that when I was little, my brother, sister, and I would fight. My dad put on boxing gloves, go back to So you guys want to fight? Fight. Uh, no, and my dad made sure that we had, a, uh, my dad's law enforcement. So he made sure that we had some basic exposure to just how physical the outside world could be, you know, teaching us a few things. But it wasn't as though, you know, I had taken karate and things like that growing, growing up and do anything like that. But, so we should talk about karate now for you, like how you, why you got started, how long you've been doing it, stuff like that. Um, I think I explained earlier how long I've been doing it, but just the importance of it was the mental challenge. There's like threefold. I wanted to do something that made me exceptionally uncomfortable. Um, I wanted to rewrite the narrative that I'd always told myself that it was uncoordinated. I'm in high school, all my best friends were in dance, they were ballerinas, they were in jazz, they were on cheerleader, um, they were on cheer team, and I didn't even try out for the cheer team. I went straight to uh, being the mascot, so I could still be with them and do all stuff, but I didn't have to learn a bunch of movements and dances and all that. So I wanted to rewrite the narrative that I'd always told myself, I was just coordinating and, and learn it in a different way. And another one was I wanted to do something mentally challenging. And the amount of confidence that I've gained from doing something physical has been just outstanding. So one of the big things I had to get over was hitting somebody. 
So I don't know where it is, but there's something in the brain that says like, don't hit another person. And so when I don't we, have that thing. In my brain. Uh, yeah, right. Whatever and, and, brain thing that has, I was when humans were being created and we were in line to pick up that thing, I skipped that line and went up to the line. Yeah, like that's more not surprising. Yeah. I would double testosterone. Yeah, I don't go back in this line. No, I don't know what it is. It was like, you know, I when we were just doing the forms and practicing everything, I have no problem with punching and the kicking. But once it came to landing the blow on a person holding a pad, um, it was mostly holding a pad on their body and maybe even the hand pads too, like those pads. Uh, it's just there was something that just wouldn't allow me to execute with, with finality on that. And so breaking through that and getting more physical, like the first time my sensei was like, you need to know what it feels like to hit a person, to make contact. So it wasn't like he was like, here, punch me in the face, but it was to know that as I was doing the sidekick, what it felt like on ribs as opposed to like a bag or the air. Oh, that was so weird. It was just so strange. And more recently we had a class that part of it, they did a little bit of self-defense on somebody comes and choking you. What do you do? And I think, you know, he, he nailed it. He was talking about the amygdala hijack. He does not the language he used specifically, but that's the part of your brain that tells you to go into flight or, or uh, fight or flight. And to know that you need to control that the more, expectations you have for when something is going to go down, the better your brain could react and be able to think through what it needs to, instead of going into panic to react appropriately. And so, you know, he put his hands on, on us and that was, I, I was okay with it. So I was so surprised that before he approached and he let us all know with caution, this is what's going to happen. He says, okay, now I'm going to do a little bit more pressure so that you can begin to feel that and trigger that part of the brain. And I was so stoked because I didn't really trigger that part of the brain in terms of like someone's touching me or someone's coming at me. It was more like I was nervous and I forgot the move, but I, I nailed it later. But, but uh, I, I think that that's like the key things. And um, I was listening to or reading, um, who is that biography? Oh, uh, Hicks and Gracie, one of the founding members of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu movement from the Gracie family. And uh, he just explained so much about martial arts. He explained about the mindset of being a warrior, of how it empowers you, how some of the best uh, entrepreneurs and business people are are able to do that. So for me, that is what moved me into pursuing and going ahead and going into karate. Yeah, I think that's a lot of really good stuff. Uh, I don't have that same thing in my brain that says not to hit somebody or not to hit things. Like when I'm boxing, the way it's set up is we box for an hour and the timer is, I think it's three round, three minute rounds. And then we have like a minute in between to go ahead and relax. So for three minutes, we're working on different drills. And then we go ahead and one minute off and here the timer, three minutes on, one minute off, we're working on different things. So every single time, I don't ever want to sacrifice power for technique. So I want to make sure I get the technique first. But then once I feel like I have mm. the drill down, whether it's like a slip and a hook and a body shot, whatever the combination might be, once I feel like I have it down, then I'm just like throwing as hard as I can. And uh, I don't know how my boxing coach is. He must be so used to hitting uh, getting hit in the midst, in the midst, in the midst, yeah, in the midst, in the midst. I'm just like throwing as hard as I can, and only one time have I seen him take off his mitt and like shake out his hand. I was like, yes, I'm gonna throw that hard every single time. Like if you can't do it, if you're not gonna give it all you got, what's the point of doing it at all, right? 
And they say practice, practice like you're going to execute. And yeah. so, you know, like you said, first you got to get the technique. technique you're not just like throwing out a kick or a punch because sometimes, in the air. You're going to hurt yourself. Sometimes I realize like I am doing that. Sometimes I realize like I'm just trying to throw for power. And he's, he's having to correct, like, make sure you turn your back foot, make sure you know where your weight is and stuff like that. And then I tell myself, okay, you're not ready to throw with power yet. It's time to like dial it back a little bit and get the technique right exactly. Mm -hmm. And then once the technique is correct, then you go ahead and throw. But it's been fun. It's um usually when I work out, I'm not drenching sweat. So whether I'm lifting weights or doing my own cardio, usually you know I might be a little moist, and everybody's kind of that no, word. Don't a little moist no, that's after so working gross. out. But uh, usually I'm not drenching sweat after I'm done with boxing. I am just like I went into a sauna and then the cold plunge, and I'm just dripping. So I come home and go straight to the shower. But uh, boxing is fun because not one time over the last year plus that I've been doing this has it ever been easy. I don't think I've ever had an easy lesson because we're in the ring and it's just constant movement. And then you get that one timer, that one minute break in between rounds. And sometimes it's not even a minute. Sometimes it will go before the timer starts up again. So it's just like constant movement, minimal, minimal break. And I know it's so good for me. That's a good thing. That's another point. Because when I was doing private lessons, uh, I was always really excited about it. But I would be surprised, even just doing floor drills, about how much movement they're not. And this moving in such different, unique lateral ways, as opposed to just at the gym, it's like up and down movements often. Um, and so I think just the way that it it moved the body and you were concentrating and wanted to make sure everything was in the right place. Like we talked about pivots, body distribution, where your feet are, your shoulders, your hips, like everything moving into it all together. Um, it's just, it's really cool. The same thing. So now instead of doing the private lessons, I'm doing a group. It's like a karate kickboxing combination right now. And and to be to be clear, no, I'm not like Stingray from Cobra Kai in there with a bunch of kids. But no, it's adults. also to be fair, we should say that uh, Cobra Kai has maybe contributed to your interest, your no, initial interest in karate. No, you don't was, think so? It was before. Hmm. No, it was before. I don't think it could be before Cobra Kai because they've been going for five years. No, but I haven't. Like I haven't. Then, no, you watched Cobra Kai and then you went. It wasn't that you, you took went. Josephine, and then... she did it. And while I was there with her, I said, I liked it. It wasn't because of Cobra Kai. Memories are a funny thing when you no, think back to the timeline. No, that's like people trying it's to say that I only like the Patriots because of they won the Super Bowl. But I liked it before they won the Super Bowl. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, well, anywho. <laughs> so practice my kicks on you later. Get used to hitting body shots. <laughs> um, I completely lost my train of thought. Thank you. No, you're talking about, to be clear, that you're not Stingray. From Cobra Kai, you're not right. Is an adult class. There's an episode of Seinfeld with that too, where uh, he was like training with the little kids. Uh, Kramer, Kramer was. Yeah. Like, if I had a guess, it's probably Kramer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So you're not like practicing hitting, hunting children, hunting children. <laughs> but no joke. We say children, but any like the 12, 13, 14 year olds and up, they would whip me. They would. I have seen the way they move. I saw this young man executing a form for his advanced red belt uh, about a month or two ago. Oh my gosh. All I could think of was like, am I supposed to be able to do that one day? Cause whew, that was intense. He was, he was good. 
us to that guy. But yeah, I'm on my green belt right now. So I'm actually belted. It's not just like a- But almost purple, right? Then they say the next step up is purple. Yeah, so if I continue to do what I've been training and doing, working on those techniques and showing commitment and mastery of the combinations and forms, then I would be able to earn my purple belt. There's no belts in boxing, but my mom's proud of me. She says I'm doing good. Well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> she she also listened to your last podcast like eight times. So <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. What else are we talking about when it comes to fighting? The benefits. So mm -hmm. maybe for somebody who is looking to begin, like where to start? I would say do your research on finding a good coach, right? Because a good coach is everything. A good coach can make you love what you're doing, mm. and it can be so much more than just physical. They can teach you like the mental side of it as well. Absolutely. So 100% do your research, whether you join a boxing gym or you join a dojo, whatever it may be. Yes. So research first, and then I would say just take it slow. Oh, one of the things too, uh, when I started boxing, there's a big humbling experience. Like I'm constantly yes. humbling myself. So what we were talking before last episode was when I was teaching myself how to jump rope and I was just tripping over myself like left and right. It took months and months for me to do jump rope and then I can do, but now I can do like tricks and double jumps and crossovers and all kinds okay, of stuff. Okay, easy with the jump rope stories. Okay, so, but that to say boxing was the same thing. When I started boxing, it was a very humbling experience because the boxing gym where I trained, uh, exactly what you would imagine like where Rocky trains, just like cement floors, the left-hand side is some weights, right-hand side is bags, and in front of you is the ring. And everything smells like sweat. Everybody there looks like they want to hurt me. And there's uh, usually some sort of rock or rap music going on. I would say more rap than rock. So when I went in first, my coach was basically just teaching me how to walk, like the stance, about like a child. I was like a newborn baby boy, trying to learn how to take his first steps, newborns, like Bambi. Newborns. Like Bambi. Okay, so newborn animals. Newborn yeah. babies don't walk, they don't have the muscle control to do that. Correct. Okay. I'll be like Bambi. Bambi's okay. a better analogy. I was like Bambi, Bambi looking to <laughs> Bambly, walk. that's the name of the character. <laughs> teaching me how to like stand, how to pivot, and how to move, slide and step, step and slide, all these different things. And it was very humbling because you'd see other people, I'm not the only one in the gym, the other people around, and they don't care, of course. They're not like just like, looking at me, laughing at me, but these people have been doing this for years. So they're, you know, on the outside of the ring and they're doing their different drills and routines. So I'd say be ready to be humbled, but it's a good thing so that you can grow. You're not going to be able to grow. Can I say yes. something about that? Go. That would, uh, I think, I would say I think a lot. Uh, for sure, people are afraid as adults. We get afraid to learn new things. We forget that we need to be learning new things. It helps with our personal growth. It helps maintain our brains. It helps with neurogenesis. It helps us, and that's the part of the brain that's like regrowing and, um, and and developing. There's so much of this time period when we're young, like newborns and on, like Jonathan was saying, is that they're learning new things and they don't get it right the first time and they have to keep trying and they get frustrated. And then at some point we become adults or maybe even teenagers and we think we know it all and we think we don't need to learn anything else or that everything should become um, easy for us to learn and that's not the case and there is just such an opportunity for that humility and and then also on the other side of that it shows us that we can learn anything we could push ourselves to any new limits or any new area of our life and it's it's very empowering to go through that humbling experience 
And kind of like what we were saying before about kids like learning how to walk, you can imagine too what happens if there's a child that's learning how to walk and then he gave up at the first time he fell or she fell. Like you're supposed to fall and then you pick yourself back up and you continue to try to walk and then the little babies fall again, but they don't stop trying to walk. So I think that's what we have to do. Maybe there's a lesson for us in there from the children and not stopping if we fail it's just part of the process mm -hmm. so i know now looking back i've been doing boxing for over a year now even my coach has been surprised he's like oh he's like, you've come a long way because i only go once a week so he's like, you've come a long way for just coming uh once a week but if i had stopped right after that first or second meeting where i didn't think that uh i was doing very well or it's basically learning how to stand in a boxing position and move in a boxing position i never would have got here so I think you just have to embrace the process. Mm -hmm. People might be wondering if we practice our boxing and karate on each other. The answer is not yes. usually. <laughs> <laughs> like we show each other moves yes. and stuff like that, and kind of like what she's learning and what I'm learning. Because it's, uh, I think there are some similarities and there are some very clear differences as yes. well. But uh, it's cool. We got a one of our presents. Actually, somebody bought us a present. Bought us a punching bag. So we have a, my dad bought my, yes. our daughter a punching bag that we also use. Yes. She uses it to practice her karate. So we have a punch bag in the garage too, where we can go ahead and work and use our different combinations and things that we're looking to practice mm -hmm. on. Yeah. So sometimes we'll practice our new combinations with each other. We have a gallery style kitchen, so it's like narrow but long. And so I just imagine like somebody or the mailman's walking by and he sees through, through the window be interesting to see how we're like punching and blocking and parrying and jabbing at each other it's kind of fun and i think now that we've started we've already been in you've been doing karate was it for a year and a half almost uh, almost two years year and a half mm -hmm. year and a half somewhere in there been doing karate for like a year and a half i don't think that we should ever stop training in some kind of martial art in some form certainly whether it's brazilian jiu-jitsu or karate or boxing or something like that now that we see the benefits and i think now that we have momentum going into this lifestyle, it'll be easier to maintain and continue and to progress and maybe go into, maybe go back to Krapunga at some point. Who knows? I don't know. As the years pass, but to keep that momentum up. Because I feel like momentum is a very real thing. Like mm. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. I can feel momentum. Even when I'm writing, when I'm writing a book, and I know I have that momentum and I don't want to break it. Like I could feel it like a presence, like it's its own entity. Oh my goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel the same thing with um, when we're working on different TV shows or different projects, you can feel the momentum. And then also- Feel in your plums? Yes, in my jellies. Also, you can feel when momentum stops. And then when momentum stops, it's so much <sighs> harder to try to get that momentum working for you again. I don't know if you've ever experienced momentum in that way where everything's going and uh, you're checking things off the list and things are happening and the project kind of almost takes on a life of its own mm. or the opposite where you're working on something, maybe you're working with other people and somebody's not coming through and it kind of like grinds to a halt and then there's not like a whole lot of communication and then it's so much harder to try to get that momentum working for you again. And you're the one pushing the rock up the hill. Yeah, and I, well, I feel like it's helped a lot too because it gives you appreciation for when you do have momentum, mm. for when that momentum is working for you, you can appreciate it. And the people that you're working with in the project, like everybody's pulling their weight, everybody's executing on things that they know they should be doing as opposed to we've worked in other projects where people everything sounds good and people are working and then you know it's time to actually sit down and do the work 
and then you kind of stop hearing from them or it's hard to reach them and they don't execute how they're supposed to. Right. Right. Goes back to like surrounding yourself with those animals who are just as hungry to get things done as you are. I think that's the thing is like there's no there's no lack of momentum on the mats. There's no everything, there's always an energy of movement, of strategy, of thinking, of planning and plotting and preparation. And I think that's something that I could really appreciate is that sort of, you know, energy of, of go. Um, and, and it could be go plan and go prepare or go execute and go strike. Um, and to strike like you mean it, to strike hard. You're not, you know, you can, you can go in to try to create some distance, but you're going there with a purpose. And I, I think that's a really great way to move because there's no just sitting on the sidelines. There's no just waiting for the fight to happen and pass you by. Like you're either in it or you're not. And so I, uh, I think that's another thing that I could really appreciate it. So Sensei Steve has just been fantastic there. And what's cool about his community too, mm-hmm. and like brotherhood or sisterhood, mm-hmm. uh, since you know, like you're with those people, so me at the gym or gym karate, like you're all suffering together. Mm-hmm. You're all actively, intentionally, specifically putting yourself in this position to sweat and to work and to learn and to grow. Mm-hmm. So those same people who are with you, that kind of becomes your tribe because you know you're all doing it uh, together. Yes. So that's kind of cool too. We've seen lots of, we've made lots of friends from uh, doing different combat sports. I was going to say martial arts, but I don't think boxing is martial arts. Mm -hmm. So maybe combat sports. Boxing is part of a martial art. It would encompass boxing and karate, just combat sports. sports. Yeah, but being able to meet those people, and a lot of them have a similar mindset that we do. We can talk to each other. We're not looked at like sideways. Yeah, like one of the, uh, there's a couple of girls in there that our daughter loves to play, to talk to and wants to do play dates with and, uh, you know, go to birthday parties and that whole thing. Well, their mom and I are always very friendly, but one day she comes in wearing her jujitsu gi and I was just like, what? Talk to me about this. So she invited me to join her, but again, it's, you know, keeping the main thing, the main thing. So I said, I would love to, and I will one day, but right now, you know, here where my focus is and and working on karate but um since then you know just learning more of like what she does and what she's about is we have found more a likeness and that's it's really cool to be able to to find that you know she's also a mom she's not necessarily trying to compete but she's competing against herself her weaker self her murder your weaker self self. yeah she's not competing you murder we're just gonna compete (laughs) So, yeah, and I think that's another thing that I really enjoyed about um, Dr. Fit and Fabulous, Jamie Seaman. She uh, is a, a doctor, an OBGYN, but she, like in her mid to late 30s, started working out and trained and went on the Rocks Titan Games. And then after she did that, she's gone on to compete for um, Miss Nebraska and Miss, or Mrs. Nebraska and Mrs. America. And she is just talking about, she talks about be hard to kill do something new put yourself in uncomfortable positions because she and she has three daughters so she's showing them like there's no point that you stop need to stop moving and and pushing through new caps and new ceilings and um whatever that looks like and so i can really uh, relate to that it's just be hard 
be hard to kill and, and set an example for the generation to come after you as well. That's so important. Uh, I think as we're examples for our children, like the other day when I was working out, I hurt my shoulder. It's nothing serious. It's just, uh, I was doing too much weight, too many reps when I was working out my chest and so my shoulder hurt. So I just had like ice pack on and I had like some lotion I was rubbing in and stuff like that. And it's fine now. I think maybe for not even a week, maybe like five or six days were just super sore. So I was having to stretch it out and stuff. But our six-year-old daughter uh, was very worried about my shoulder that I had hurt myself. So it just explains them, like, you know, it's, it's a good, I, and again, it didn't hurt myself. I didn't pull or strain anything. There's just a lot of muscle soreness. So I was explaining to her, like, that's what we're doing when we go to exercise or we go to the gym. We're breaking down our bodies so they can build back stronger. Mm -hmm. So I think there's lots of lessons in martial arts or sports combat. And then uh, working out for our children, too, and then they can see us. And uh, even our two-year-old, he's already doing trying to do push-ups on his own. So he takes off his shirt and says, me Hulk. And then I find him start doing uh, push-ups on the ground. And what's funny when he's doing push-ups, of course, they're not, you know, like you should be doing push-ups. In his mind, he's doing push-ups. But he, uh, he makes so much noise and grunts <laughs> like he's doing like a thousand. Like we walked in on him and he was at number a thousand with his, <laughs> and his heavy breathing and stuff like that. But I think even at two, year old, at two years old, they're always watching you and seeing what you're doing. And you can leave... Uh, examples for them to follow that he'll remember hopefully and that we can continue to develop as he gets older. Yeah um, that was something that was very cool to see for our daughters learning how to not be afraid to take a punch. Um, no one's punching her in the face but there is you know part of the breathing exercises and the preparing your body and embracing yourself how to take a good fall and you know how to get back up and uh I think that what is great about that is as a people, we're afraid to take a punch. We are afraid to fall and rather we could focus on taking a punch well and on falling and getting back up. And I think those are some of the best lessons that we can learn beyond the physicality, beyond the pushing yourself, getting uncomfortable, learning something new, getting humble, developing your brain and preventing um, later issues uh, is taking a punch well and getting back up after the fall. Yeah, I think that was a, a learned experience for me too as a father. So when she was testing for her belt, the sensei goes around and hits all the kids, right? He didn't just hit her. He hits all the kids. Some of the kids were falling down. Like, he wasn't holding back either. Like, he was hitting them. Some of the kids are... Like a push? Push? Is it like a push punch? Not like just a slug? I don't think he was pushing them. I think he was punching them. Goodness. Okay, yes. If I remember correctly, I don't think he was... I think he was punching them. Okay. So some of the kids were falling over. Like, obviously, nobody was getting hurt. Nobody's crying or anything right. like that. They're getting up. But, like, you definitely knew you got punched. So our daughter was so proud because when she got punched... She took some, like a few steps backwards, but she didn't fall because some of the other kids were falling. So she was so proud of herself. But when I was thinking about that, I was thinking, oh man, should I be okay with this? Just like watching my daughter getting punched. But I, then I remembered I'd much rather her get punched and learn what a punch feels like and go through all this in a controlled environment. Uh, God forbid she's ever out there in the real world in an uncontrolled environment. I don't want her to get punched or feel like what it's like to get hit out there for the first time. So at least here in a controlled environment where people care about her and try and teach her, she's learning what getting punched feels like. Right. So if she's ever in a position out there, it's not going to be something new for her. Mm -hmm. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs>
All right. So uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, I think you can follow us. And then on YouTube, you can like and leave a comment. So and subscribe, right? And subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to continue to do this. So if you don't want to make sure you don't miss the upcoming episodes, do subscribe and in the comments or send us a message. Let us know where you're listening or watching. Yeah. Whether it's uh, Spotify, Apple or YouTube. Um, thanks for being a part of this. We're doing this for you. And as much as we're doing this for you, it's fun to hang out and be able to spend more time together. Oh, sweet. I'm going to punch you. All right, guys. <laughs> talk to you later. Bye.